my mom took me to Weight Watchers when I was 14, and I wasn't fat. You know, it just, part of it was what she went through, because when she was little, she was heavy, and her doctor put her on a diet for a year. You know, whatever my grandmother put on her plate, that was what she got. And I think she was so afraid of me being heavy growing up. Welcome to the Live the Path podcast, where we meet real people leading unreal lives. Today on Live the Path, we interview Lee, who has purposely chosen to take a new direction in her life, embarking on a great new adventure of losing weight naturally and regaining the energetic, strong, healthy body that she remembers growing up with. Lee shares the obstacles she's encountered on her journey, as well as the tools and tips that have made her success possible. We hope you are as inspired by her as we are. Lee, I wanted to start with the text I got this week from you that really excited me, but I also heard a bit of excitement from you when we talked afterwards. Um, So you said you went to the doctor this week. Could you share with Faramares kind of what uh, what I would call fabulous news you got from that? Well, it was it was basically my yearly physical, which was probably overdue. I knew I had lost some weight, but I wasn't expecting 30 pounds. Um, so when I stepped on the scales, I kind of had to look twice. I mean, because, you know, you expect to have a three to four pound difference when you have clothes on and shoes and James said uh, you know did that say what I think it said and I said yeah it did and she said yeah you've lost 30 pounds since April and it's not really about me getting on a scale it's more about feel how I I I know enough about me as to how I feel and you know how clothes fit um, normal everyday things like that so I I kind of took a step back anyway, um, and then James had decided, you know, about his his dream that he has, and so I told him, you know, when I looked everything up, and so I pulled it and I told him, you know, there's a lot of walking, this is uneven terrain, um, you know, your feet are hurting you, you probably weigh 40 pounds more than you do did when we got married. I mean, I wasn't being mean because I knew I weighed a whole lot more than I did when we got married. And I was a big girl that day. But anyway, it kind of gave him something to go with. And so that's when I decided, okay, I've got my chance. Let's change our eating. And, of course, my mom loves vegetables and chicken and fish and uh, because that's what she grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know, her family didn't have that kind of money growing up. Whereas my dad's family, my dad, my grandfather was a butcher, so they always had meat. I tend to have more of my mom's taste when it comes to veggies and fish and chicken. Those are things that I'd much rather have. So, you know, I told James different ways he could eat lunch. He could do salads. And I, I literally told him every fast food place that you could get a good salad. You know, Zaxby's has wonderful salads, and so does Chick-fil-A. Um, 
So he's he's basically eaten a salad almost every lunch since we started this. Mm, and that's different different than what he was eating before, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He'd go get a hamburger, or he has really stepped away from the sugar. You know, that was one of his biggest things, which to me I consider empty calories. They're not doing you any good. So you were you intentionally trying to lose weight, or you just basically tweaked a couple of things and the weight loss surprised you? No, it was intentional. But this isn't about me looking like something on a billboard, because most of the things on a billboard or in a magazine are not healthy. We all know that. It was about my health. It was being healthy and the fear of going through what my dad went through. Hmm. Can you tell um, us a little bit about that? Yeah, he, in August of 2013, I came in one day. I had been gone basically a 24-hour period. And so I got home, and I came in, and my dad was sitting in his chair, and I didn't recognize him. And this was like in a 24-hour period. He had just ballooned up. He was swelling. His legs were weeping. You know, I lost it. I didn't know what was going on. And I said, Daddy, I'm calling 911. And he said, I'm not going. I said, yes, you are. So then he decided, no, he didn't want an ambulance. He would go. I took him to the ER. He had ascites in the stomach area. His legs were weeping from the overflow of fluid. And so he was admitted into the hospital. That's when we found out that basically his his liver was shot. Now, my dad was never heavy. He never, um, he had a little bit of a belly, but now daddy was never heavy. Even, you know, when I was younger, he was always the, the skinny kid. And he he was like most men. He had a little bit of a paunch as he got older, but he ended up with, the non-alcoholic cirrhosis mm, from fatty liver. Yeah. Mm. So not I, ending up there I, is really important to you. I hear Lee. It is very important to me. I, I know we're all going to die and I know we're going to, most of it's not going to be good. You know, I don't want to go through that. Uh, you and James have gone on this journey together most recently is that been helpful for you to have him kind of on his own journey around being able to walk for this trip he wants to take and see all that he wants to see? You were describing that being some of the motivating factor maybe for him. But for you, what's been the, the motivating factor besides dad and that's created the significant weight loss that you you noticed yourself but didn't know what the number was till you went to the doctor I guess most of it is that I was very active growing up I played ball I was um started in t-ball when I was six I played softball up until I was 16 I was a dancer I was in gymnastics but eventually you know you have to pick something because all those things are expensive and um so my two things were softball and dancing and I was a competitive dancer. You know, I was in a competition group with um, our local dance company that was here in Clyde many, many years ago. You know, I was bullied from the time I was four, I guess. But I look back at those pictures and I wasn't fat. Now, I was a very strong athletic girl, but I wasn't fat. Mm -hmm. And so the weight started coming on when I got through my first divorce. 
I literally crawled in bed and I didn't move. Or, I mean, other than get out of the bed to go to the bathroom or something. I would say it was a three year period because I did not know how to function with dealing with a divorce and dealing with an abusive ex husband and the trauma that that caused. Food was my go to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody here really knew what to do. I did have a little bit of therapy, but eventually I didn't have the money for that. You know, I didn't have insurance. I mean, I was 22 years old. My parents didn't have the money. But anyway, the weight started started slowly piling on at that time, and the depression came into play. The, um, the issues with suicide, you know, I've more than once thought about just getting rid of everything and, and getting out of this world. So that all went back to bad food, bad choices. So this has not only been the motivation is that I see James doing it, and I really want him to be healthy because, for one thing, he has sleep apnea. Um, I don't have sleep apnea. Now, I'm here to tell you just because you're big doesn't mean you have sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. You're a respiratory therapist, correct? Right. So you know all about sleep apnea, and it's dangerous. Yeah. It is It is very dangerous, and I worry about him breathing. You know, he has a really hard time catching his breath sometimes. And that's why I had been after him for so long, you know, to um, to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I'll do it with you. Let's do it together. But it is a, we've kind of got into a little bit of a competition over it. Interesting. So um, now that you're, yeah. you're both, you're both thinking about what you're eating and kind of the health of your day-to-day habits, it's almost competitive mm-hmm. at this point a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you started this, Lee, I yeah. think, you know, when we first started talking, I guess it was maybe a couple of months ago, three months ago. You, one of the things you brought up was it's really difficult to um, eat the way you want when James isn't cooperating. And, um, right. so it seems like, did, did it occur to you? I mean, when, when you offered him or when you proposed to him that he needs to lose weight, if he is to go to Israel, were you kind of thinking that was going to end up with him changing his diet and would open the way for you to change yours? I had I had hopes it would. Yeah. Mm, okay. That's, um, so you played your cards really well. <laughs> that's that's good manipulation, you know. Um, so yeah, that that's amazing. Lee, well, well done. What's your long term vision for your efforts? I don't know that you're necessarily going to Israel with them. So for you, what's the what's the long term goal out there for this change you've made in both of your lifestyles? Um, I don't know that there's a goal for me. I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of dreams anymore, but I would do anything for him to see his dream come true. I just want to feel better. I miss doing the things I used to do because, you know, I used to, I was also a Girl Scout. So we went camping and we went hiking. And um, now I'm not a, I am not a diehard, like we're going to hit the Appalachian Trail. No, that's not me. But I don't mind day hikes or going here, going there and you know, seeing the waterfalls that are in the area, and I miss riding a bike. I want my bicycle back so bad I can't stand it. Mm. And I'm just now kind of to the point that I could get one. But I always rode my bike. I was always strong. I think that's one of the biggest things is I feel very weak at this point in my life. I don't like that because I know what my job was in the hospital, 
and I had the ability to save your life. You know, I worked very hard for that, um, and I was very confident in it. I'm not really confident in much of anything anymore. I see an old woman in front of me, <laughs> and I'm trying to slow that down a little bit and keep my brain strong and my body strong, and I miss having the core strength that I had from being a dancer hmm. uh, and being a softball player I was the catcher so all I did was squat I mean that was nothing but core you know um I missed that person she was pretty awesome <laughs> this person not so much you know well a couple things that as I'm listening to you coming up one is you ha you are still very strong because you're you're in in essence carrying around 100 125 pound backpack everywhere you go up and down stairs walking to your car so that takes a lot of strength. I mean, I, I know because that's one of the things I do to, to push myself is I, I'll put weights on my back and my backpack and even mm -hmm. just carrying 25 yeah. pounds, it's exhausting. I mean, I'm like totally out of breath doing things I normally do. So I think you're, you <laughs> yeah. don't underestimate that you have a lot of muscle mass. It's just being, being, um, hampered right now. Um, so as the weight goes off, you're going to find that you're going to become more nimble and you know, just getting, getting around, hiking, walking will come easier. So that's one thing to keep in mind. You know, I, yeah. I had a, with all the things I've done in school, I've had anatomy and physiology more than once. And the most recent time I had it, which was like in 2016, when I was, I was going to go back to be a nurse. And the teacher I had was a chiropractor. And I mean, I learned the most from her anatomy and physiology wise than I ever learned from any other teacher I've done any kind of science with like that. And she was, somebody had made a comment about heavy people, you know, and she said, I'm going to stop you right there because she said, I've seen a lot of autopsies. I've seen a lot of muscle on people. And she said, heavier people have more muscle than you believe. She said, most of them have more muscle hmm. than you do. Mm-hmm. I totally, you know, totally believe um, it. Yeah. So she really shut them down. And uh, she said, you have no idea how beautiful the muscles are under somebody that's heavy when they get rid of, mm -hmm. of that, you know, that's holding them back. And, um, mm -hmm. and you probably don't have osteoporosis either because you bear a lot of weight and weight bearing is what keeps your bones strong. And the other thing that you said earlier, which I want to, go back to for just a sec is when you were gaining weight uh, during you know the after after effects of your divorce you said that you just really didn't feel like doing anything you were in bed all the time you were eating just to pick your mood up a little bit but mm -hmm. as you got heavier probably the depression deepened too that's a cycle oh, yeah. you know it's a vicious cycle yeah. so now look what you've done you have turned yeah. turned the direction of the cycle around so when you say, you know, you don't have dreams and you, you have, you kind of maybe learn not to dream, uh, but now the cycle is going the other way. So now it's time to dream because as you lose weight, you may not believe it, but your mood's going to improve. Your energy is going to improve. Um, you're going to start sleeping better. So all those things, oh. they contribute, they, they, they make the cycle go faster in the wrong way. Um, when you're, when you're gaining weight and eating bad food, because you, you sleep poorly, that makes you hungrier. 
that makes you want to eat more, you get heavier, so then you have apnea. It's, you know, it's just a cycle. Now you've turned the cycle around. So it yeah. is important for you to dream. And that's what Jill was, I think, was trying to hint at when she said, what do you, what do you see happening in the long run? So, because you're, you're going to need some motivators, you know, as time goes on. So good thing for you to think yeah, about. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's probably one of the things is that I worry about not getting to where I want to be. So I'm, I'm very suspicious of the weight loss because I've lost 30 pounds before and gained it back, you mm. know. But I guess that, you know, when Dad died, Mom and I fell right into getting a wedding together because daddy died on January the 6th. I got married June the 7th. I gained a ton of weight and I'll tell you that, I mean, you know, I'm not embarrassed of it now because I'm never going to let myself get there again. But my heaviest was 420. How, what do you weigh now? 350. Mm -hmm. And so I'm actually about, I'm trying to think. I'm probably 20 pounds from where I was when James and I got married. So I was still a big girl, um, 20 pounds less if I lost 20 more pounds. I don't remember because at that time um, I had lost a lot of weight and I had done it through the doctor that I was working for at the time. He had a diet clinic and so I had done a lot of it through him. I can't remember exactly where I was at. I know that never got down to where I was when I was working in the hospital, but I can't remember exactly where that was either because I was on my feet all the time. I mean, I I didn't gain weight even though I worked nights, believe it or not. I didn't gain weight because we were constantly moving. You said something about where you want to be. Do you have kind of a goal out there where you'd like to get to and stay? For me... I'm not little. I mean, I've got broad shoulders, you know, I've got all this probably around 220. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, I'm at that size. I'm like a 16 in clothes. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. there's nothing to me at that, at that size. I don't want to, I, you know, this isn't about being little for me. This isn't about being a size zero. This is really just about being healthy because nobody can tell you what you should look like and be healthy. Right. You know, that's between you and your doctor and what, of course, DNA plays a part of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I know I would come off of the metformin, or not metformin, the, the glipizide and maybe come off of antidepressant. Mm -hmm. But now I, I, I do have a clinical depression, PTSD, diagnosis right um so it's about feeling better uh, seeing the person in the mirror and liking her and knowing that it's okay to be me and so some of that 30 pounds is kind of it's exciting to me but at the same time it's kind of like uh letting go of a lead balloon you know there's a lot of um pain and hurt in those 30 pounds. So I do worry because I've never been able to get it off and keep it off. You know, something happens and I res revert back to where I was. So um, that's probably the biggest obstacle is getting to that point, being able to keep it off. 
So there are some goals, it sounds like, in there. Right now, they're almost too much to completely bank on yet to really head towards confidently. But it sounds like this 30 pounds has been a good start. I think it's a great start because um, from where I actually started and being able to notice that I'm gaining and not letting that happen again, I think that that's a huge improvement Um, because I refuse to ever let myself be at that beginning weight, which was, you know, several years ago. Right. So the fact that I've been able to not get back to that point. You know, um, yep, that's good. That that's a big deal. That's a good that marker I, to give yourself credit for. Absolutely. Do you need help mm-hmm. with a, a strategy? Um, like what? Um, I mean, you, it sounds like you've lost almost you know ten percent of your body weight without <laughs> yeah, really planning to. Too. That's pretty incredible. You well, know, it, it's not unusual for that that slope to slow down a little bit. You know. Um, yeah. Initially, you made some huge changes, but most people say, you know, one or two pounds a week is what you should shoot for. Do you need a strategy or are you guys talking about what the next steps are? We really haven't. Um, I do know that I'm going to plateau after about 20 more pounds because I, I know how my body works. Um, and then it's not going to want to do it again. And of course, I'm 49 years old. Um, you know, I'm going to have to find something I enjoy doing. Everybody says, oh, go walk, go walk. And I despise to just go walk. I don't know why. It absolutely bores me to tears. Um, I'm more of a water person. I love to go swimming. Uh, it's easier on joints. Um, you know, but that's that's another big thing, like the arthritis in my foot. Knock on wood, it's completely gone at this point. Wow. Um, so James said the same thing. So that's interesting. Yeah. That, so you you being a medical person, tell me what you think the reason is. Obviously, the weight's you know, lighter, but you know why else your oh, arthritis has improved? I think because of the food. It's not processed. It's not an inflammatory thing. You know, I eat a lot. I'll eat a lot of fresh veggies. I can sit down and eat celery and tomatoes and, you know, cucumbers just by themselves. They don't need to be in a salad. I mean, I'll mm. even sit down and eat cabbage by itself. I'm just. Mm, you're making me <laughs> hungry, actually. I love the flavor of it. <laughs> yeah. I know I what you're saying. Yeah, you don't eat a lot when the food um, is um, when the food is fresh and, you know, it's, you don't need a lot of uh, salt or seasoning. Right. And and I have the only thing I have noticed is that in changing what the food is, okay, so I'm full at noon, but about two thirty I start wanting a snack. You know, I notice that I'm empty. Mm-hmm. Um so I try to keep, you know, cucumbers and tomatoes. I will go through a two pound thing of just the little grape tomatoes all by myself. Nobody eats them but me. But I think they're the greatest thing ever. And I have actually been eating a handful before we sit down to dinner, which helps fill me up. Hmm. So um, eating before you sit down to dinner. Yeah, but I'm eating something that basically your body has to work harder to burn hmm. than, you know, what's in it. 
That's a good, very good trick. Um, it's and now I'm not a seasoner. I'm one of those people that if I ever bring something to somebody's house, I'll say, now you're going to have to salt it because I don't use a lot of salt. I do like pepper. I use um, different types of herbs. And I love Mrs. Dash. I've cooked with that for years because it doesn't have the salt in it. It's choosing better snacks. And instead of drinking my calories like in a soda, now I do have a diet soda, like a sun a diet sun kissed, and I'll add water to it, which kind of it takes away a lot of that sweetness, even with because that's one thing, even the diet drinks are sweet. But I still drink water and I have my little additives I put in it. But I may have a you know, a diet soda here and there. But instead of eating sugary snacks or cookies or cake, I'll have a piece of fruit. I love mandarin oranges and I have a whole bowl of them in there. So I'll eat a piece of fruit or I have a little bit of pineapple or fresh strawberries and blueberries. And so that gives me my sugar naturally instead of, you know, drinking it out of a can. Hmm. You seem to almost be doing this effortlessly. And I know it can't be totally effortless, but tell me, uh-uh, for people no. that are listening <laughs> that might be in your situation, uh, might have been in your situation, even I'm not talking, you, know, you're, you sound like you're in a great place now, but I'm just saying like six months ago, a year ago, can, what would you tell them would be like the top three things they, they need to change if they want to get healthy and lose weight? Drink water. I changed one or two things at a time instead of nose diving into it because if you try to change everything at once i think you're going to fail i've been there if you're changing something and say your weakness is something sugary whether it's a cookie or a drink or like james still uses his creamer that has sugar in it then keep one thing but don't do the other things. Hmm. Um, give yourself get, give yourself something as a treat because if you take everything away, it's too much. It's overwhelming. It is too much at one time. Mm-hmm. It's too much to take everything away at once. The, the one thing I can say that if somebody will stick with it a few weeks, that's really hard. The first three weeks are really, really hard because – you're trying to get rid of the cravings and you're trying to get it get out of your own head, you know, but if you'll give it three weeks and then say that potato chip that you wanted and you taste it, it's like sawdust. <laughs> James and yeah. I were talking about that. Um, let's talk about those. those uh, let's talk about those three weeks. Uh-huh. That's fascinating to me. Cause I, I just, I'm just amazed by what you've done, honestly. And I, I want to learn because at some point, these things that you're saying, you know, we're going to use them to help other people. So tell me those three weeks where things were terrible. Tell me, like, give me a toolkit to, to help, help people get through those tough three weeks. Um, I know you've seen the shaker bottles that you can shake a, put a shake in and shake it up. I have several of those that tell me how much water, you know, I'm drinking and they have tons of water 
additives that you can put in your drink that tastes like 7-Up or Sprite or sweet tea. I use those, and I don't know the difference. And that gave me my sweet tea, or that gave me a Dr. Pepper or a Cherry Cola. Now, it doesn't taste exactly like it, but it's pretty close. And they're like five calories. So you're still getting your sweet. You're still getting what's, what comes across as a soda, but it's water. That's one of the biggest things I did. Mm -hmm. cool. um, the second one is probably got to be, I always eat breakfast. Now, breakfast for everybody is different. I can eat a boiled egg and a piece of toast, and that's fine with me. But when you eat breakfast, you need to have some choices because it gets old. So one morning I'll have a cup of yogurt and some granola and probably blueberries. Um, one morning we'll do, you know, I do scrambled eggs, but I don't put anything in them. There's no milk, there's no butter, you know, it's a little bit of salt and a little bit of pepper. Or if I have my Mrs. Dash, I use that. Mrs. Dash in scrambled eggs is amazing. <laughs> um and I put a little bit of cheese in it. Mm -hmm. Usually it's shredded cheese like cheddar or uh, what do you call it? The, um, oh, my mind just went blank. It's a like a taco blend. So it has just a little bit of a kick to it. Mm -hmm. So there's two or three different cheeses in it. And I sprinkle just a little bit in it as I'm taking them out of the pan. And it gives it just enough of a gooey sensation. You feel like you're eating something bad for you. Um, easy snacks. I love celery and carrots and you can buy, um, single serve dressing like ranch dressing to dip stuff in or honey mustard. And that way you don't have a gob besides you, you know, exactly what you're getting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. things that are individual or something that you buy and go home right then and cut it up and put it in individual bags. And so when you reach in that fridge, there's a bag for you that's already ready. You can also do it with, they're the little round containers that you can do meal prep in and you put, you know, your cheese and you put your grapes and you put some crackers or meat like pepperoni or, you know, some lean turkey. I love turkey. I eat that all the time. And so when you're hungry, you just go pull it out. That entire thing is your snack. And you get more out of that than opening a bag of chips. Hmm. So, so so over those three mm -hmm. weeks, Lee, was it about just getting ahead of yourself and the cravings and having these go-to things ready in the fridge? Or was it about building the habit of doing that kind of as you went through your day? I think it was both. Mm -hmm. Because if you get in the habit of it, you're going to do it when you come in from the store. Um, and that way you've already got it set up. Mm -hmm. But you also have to, you know, that's where you have to make your choice. And, and you have to make that choice to open that fridge and pull out, you know, the carrots and the celery and 
a little bit of peanut butter for the celery or. I, actually, you read my mind. I was going to ask you, you, you just went right over the, when you open the fridge and you, you know, you're making that choice, but tell us about that choice. What's going through your head? How do you steer yourself the right way at that moment when you're a little bit hungry? Maybe you're a bit tired. Maybe you're out of willpower because it's late. What help? Yeah. How do you make the right choice then at that moment? Sheer willpower. Um, I think when, when you've seen somebody die that you love as much as I love my dad and you couldn't save them because, you know, we were the ones supposed to save people and I couldn't save him. When you don't want to be on that medication anymore, when you want to, and you know, it's not, like I said, it's not about how somebody sees me, but when you want to go do the things that made you happy 25 years ago, um, such as wandering trails, going to little towns and wandering through each store and your back not hurting or your knee not hurting or not having to worry about, oh, did I take my type 2 diabetes pill this morning? You know, there is a extra push that comes from that, that little place in the back of your head that says, hey, it's okay. You can do this. Yeah, you don't want to, but you can do it. So, I mean, we're all, we all are guilty of those moments. And even James and I have talked and we've said it not, oh, I shouldn't eat that, you know. Oh, I really wanted it at the time and now I feel so guilty. Well, I'm learning not to beat myself up about it. The next morning I get up and I start over. And so I did that the other day. You know, we had pasta. We had not had spaghetti in months. And so I ate more of that spaghetti than I should have. But the next day I got up and I ate a good breakfast and I had water and instead of really heavy dinner, we had something light, all of us. And so I think we have, we as in me, someone who is not seen as part of the community because of what we look like. We're heavy, you know, we're lazy. We're not lazy. You know, I used to be the person that didn't stop. And so you 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 push because nobody else is going to get you there but you. It does help if you have people working with you, and it does help to have James with me. I mean, we text each other, what did you have for lunch? You know, what did you eat for breakfast? Um, I mean, he's been getting up and eating cereal in the morning. So you have to look at it. I think one of the worst words in the world is a diet. Hmm. This isn't about dieting. This is about changing your life. I agree with you. Diets don't work. Um, no, diets don't work. Yeah. There, there's actually research to back that up. 85% yes, of the time they don't work. Um, because if you get to where you want to be and you go back to how you were eating, you're going to gain that weight back. And more. Um, and more. Yeah. 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 The body takes on more. One of the things I have done is, is like I said a few minutes ago, I am not completely telling myself, oh, you can't ever have that again. You can have, like if we get pizza, we use, uh, we normally, mom and I like the thin, the very thin, like the thin and crispy. Um, we have two pieces and a salad instead of pizza and breadsticks and chicken wings or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. 
you would normally have. One pizza is enough for all of us, not two and, you know, whatever we used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like y'all found this nice balance of adding the good in, being temperate with yourself if you do overindulge and then like I love the way you said I just got up the next morning and started again that's a beautiful forgiveness and and patience with yourself that this is a journey and I heard a little bit Lee you and I've talked about before of that warrior Lee coming out that's gonna help herself do it and you know you tend to kind of mount you know and go after something from a more passionate warrior standpoint. And um, it sounds like what fueled you is James saying, I'll go on the journey. And you guys being able to kind of have those conversations during the day together is really helping both of you kind of go on this journey together with a little healthy competition, I suspect. (laughs) Well, we're both very competitive. It's really strange. I mean, because I I played competitive sports all my life. My parents did. Um, You know, James was a cop. They're competitive. It's always about Mm -hmm. who did the best shooting at the range that day. And I think I've also had to get to the point to where my journey isn't anyone else's. Mm. I can tell you how things work for me, or I can tell you how I think about something. But the person hearing it has to decide to do it for themselves. And what works for them may not be the same thing for me. Yeah. I don't, and I'm not good to me. I am really, really not very good to me. I'm really good to the people around me. I take care of others really well, but I don't take care of me very well. And so I think not beating myself up that night that I ate the spaghetti was probably a huge step for me. Mm. Yeah, you wouldn't. Because you wouldn't yell I, at somebody I else. Don't like me. You know, you wouldn't. Yeah. You, you wouldn't yell at Shirley for having an extra bite of spaghetti, would you? Oh Lord, no! She's right. eighty-two. That woman can have whatever she wants. Well, you know, I, mean, I mean, or even James, for example. Or I mean, you just you've you've really highlighted how you treat yourself differently than. I mean, I don't see you as a mean person. You're a very kind-hearted person. You would never ever make somebody feel bad intentionally for doing, having a, a misstep. And no. And, and, you know, but I also see, you know, I see where it could have gone with me. If, you know, I could have said, hey, I want that spaghetti, but you know, I also felt kind of like, it wasn't probably the worst thing I could have put in my body at that mm. point. Mm. It, um, wasn't. it wasn't like I went and swallowed a cup of sugar. <laughs> right. And, so, and, and the overall I mean, movement is still in the right direction. So, you, 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 you know. Yeah, I try to, I'm trying to be good to me. I'm trying to see that there's somebody worthy here. But now I can, I can do that with everybody else. I can be good to everybody else. I just cannot be good to me. And there's a lot of trauma associated with that. Yeah. So maybe that is um, part of your journey though, Lee, is part of this is this yeah. lifestyle change for you rather than using words like diet and um is really about you learning to be kind to Lee in ways you haven't. And you before. know <laughs> I've been on a diet since I was fourteen. My mom took me to Weight Watchers when I was fourteen. Hmm. And 
I wasn't fat. You know, it just, part of it was what she went through because when she was little, she was heavy and her doctor put her on a diet for a year. You know, whatever my grandmother put on her plate, that was what she got. And I think she was so afraid of me being heavy growing up. Yeah, those those family ties and those programs that you get from people who meant well, um, they're still there. Yeah. And so it's good good that those are coming out and you're aware of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, also the the first time when I had lost weight, it was right before I met James, I got to the point to where I actually knew what it felt like to be empty, you know, what that feeling truly was. And... <laughs> Wow, was that my stomach to growl? You know, because most of us don't ever, we Uh, don't ever actually know what that is. That's what you're, I was trying Um, to understand what you were saying. So you're saying that for the first time you actually felt what it's like to be hungry. Yeah, because of I was doing something different. And Mm. so my body was like, hey, we need some more sustenance. You know, you're eating well and we're using it. So Mm -hmm. can we have some more? You know, sounds like a healthy relationship right there. Um, I have two two um, things. I know we've kept you for a long time. I've got two things that I want you to comment on. And they're both uh-huh. things that I hear from people when I talk to them about eating better. So they come up time and time again. So number one thing is that it's too expensive to eat well. And number two thing is we don't have time to cook and we don't have time to shop. And it's just easier to go to McDonald's. Could you comment on those two <laughs> things? Because I, I really want to hear your take on it. You know, I think at this point in time, food is expensive. I don't care if you buy a bag of chips or if you buy a T-bone steak. Um, I know, you know, my mother loves the price of right. And one of the items on there today was a box of Jello. It was two dollars and twenty cents for Jello, mm. just the powder. Mm. Um. It is expensive to buy food. If you, you know, I made the decision with James when he decided, yes, we're going to do this. I went through and picked out salads. I picked out yogurt. Um, You know, I love a handful of nuts like um, trail mix, something like that. And so I picked out you know, the fruit and the veggies and yeah, it was expensive. It was probably $350. That was with absolutely nothing in there that was over-processed, you know, extremely processed, bad for you. This was fresh food, fresh meat. Well, take it back. The only thing I got was um, some fish that was like the, the air fry from Gordon's. But everything else was fresh. You know, it was easy to go to because I know it's expensive. But when you really look at it, if I was to pull up what I had been buying six months ago and what I bought two weeks ago, the price is about the same, believe it or not. But I got stuff that is good for you. Now, another thing that comes up with fresh food is you have to eat it because it doesn't last forever like the stuff that has all the preservatives in it. If you don't eat it, you're going to throw it away. So you have to make sure that what you're buying is going to be eaten. I don't think that, I know this sounds bad, um, 
at this point, I think if your excuse is that it's too expensive, you just don't want to do anything about it. It's like saying, well, I don't want to go back to school because I'm going to have to pay for it. Okay, that just means you do not want it bad enough. If you want it bad enough, you're going to make that choice and you're going to have the better foods and eat out less. You know, you make good choices wherever you're at. I did my lunch today with a wrap. I made James and mom. We had some bacon. We just bought fresh tomatoes. We go to the farmer's market every week. We just bought fresh tomatoes and I had lettuce that I just bought. And so I made them BLTs for breakfast. Mm. I had a cheese, um, some a slice of cheese and lettuce and tomato with mayonnaise, which has no sugar in it. And I put it in the wrap instead of eating the bread. So I truly only had four carbs, whereas the bread they had, you know, for two pieces, it's over 20 carbs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm making that conscious choice. I can still have my lettuce and, you know, my my tomato sandwich. It's just in the wrap. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is doable. You know, there are many places that you can get a sandwich as a wrap. Lee, how, now that you're into it a few weeks, how much more time do you think you're spending on this fresh food preparation? Probably not a super whole lot. I would say if, because I tend to use a crock pot, I use a crock pot and I have an Instapot, um, an air fryer. And I say that because it's hard for me to say because I'm pretty good at multitasking. I've been cooking for years. So I get one thing started and I go work with the other one. You know, I'll saute vegetables in a little bit of the avocado oil. That doesn't take any time. And it's usually like squash and onions. Um, Sometimes I use green beans. Um, Zucchini. But all in all, if I started dinner at, say I started dinner at 5 o'clock, it would take about an hour, you know, and that's cooking from scratch, which is pretty much normal. In the wintertime, we get our vegetables that are frozen. That is uh, the best way to get them if you can't have completely fresh. So I steam veggies, you know, the veggies started and steam them. And I do sometimes put a little bit of cheddar on them, but it's, I don't think it's any worse to fix it yourself than to throw pizza in the oven. In fact, we have made our own pizza. You can use those uh, carb balance rolls to make your own pizza. Mm. But no, I think, and you know, something else that you can tell anybody that asks you, is it feels really good to see what you accomplished when you've cooked, mm. when you have the fresh food, whether it's chicken or fish or mm-hmm. some kind of beef, and I put it all together. I like seeing it to completion, you mm. know. We've enjoyed getting of, the, your pictures, actually. Yeah. It's really fun to do I that. I do. I'm, I enjoy cooking when, I, you know. When I, I know I don't have to be somewhere in an hour and I can really take my time, I can throw out four different things on mm-hmm. a plate. 
and we have veggie nuts. We'll do green beans and, you know, um, Brussels sprouts and broccoli and cauliflower. And so I fix all that different ways and we have a veggie nut. Mm. So that sounds really fun, really good. Um, you know, you're going to eventually, I think, play a larger role in this endeavor because, um, you could teach what you're doing and, I mean, I've learned a lot just talking to you, but these tools that you're just throwing out like nothing, you'd be surprised how many people don't have these tools. They don't know how to put together a meal with what's in their fridge and they don't know what to do when they feel hungry. And you're, you're talking, you're throwing all these pearls out there and um, I think they would be very useful to people. So I hope that as we get further along, you know, we're going to have a Facebook group in place um, about nutrition and we'd love for you to play a part in it because I think you're full of excellent Mm -hmm. advice. You obviously love food, you know, and I'm glad that you're not um, struggling really hard. (laughs) Well, no, no. I mean, it's a good thing. I'm just saying that a a lot of people make, you know, they're, they're saying I'm just going to have 600 calories and it's just becomes this control battle. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I don't hear any of that with you. I think Mm -hmm. you're just making sensible choices and, and it sounds, it's amazing. And you're not, somebody that's trying to lose 10 pounds, you're, you got, you know, you're, you've got your sights set on, that's right. But, um, I love the way you're doing this with almost no battle and you're not, you're not denying yourself things that you love. You're just shifting from junk food to other ways to satisfy your, your hunger. And, and it sounds like you're, you've got a very healthy relationship with food. I love to hear that. But it's taken 49 years to get there, mm-hmm. well, you know. Yep. It's not been an easy journey. Yeah. Yep, you've been peeling away um, the layers, though, Lee. You've, you've done the work, and you actually have a vast knowledge about nutrition. Are you tracking yourself with, with, with photos and that kind of thing? Are you logging what's going on day to day? Because your journey is, I think, gonna, if you'll continue to share it as, as, it, continue, as it goes along, I think it's going to be very inspirational to people. Um, so I would, I would actually make that request of you to keep track of day to day, maybe do some journaling and take some pictures and. No, I really haven't, but I, that's probably a good idea. Um, journaling is helpful for me anyway. I used to have journals everywhere. I mean, I wrote down everything that bothered me. So, um, it's a release, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, a way to get rid of what's. Yeah in there you know because it's not healthy yeah fair and i both have stacks of old journals that Mm -hmm. we'll pull out occasionally Mm -hmm. and and specifically food journals there have been studies that people that keep food journals keep the weight off better than people that don't track what they They do i i have heard that um you know one thing that weight watchers now this has been 10 probably 10 12 years ago when you started with them if you were a new customer they would send you a journal um, and they wanted you to keep up with it, you know, what you were eating, write it down. It doesn't matter what it is, but write it down because when you come back and look at it a week later and you're like, oh, did I really eat all that? You know, mm-hmm. when you pay attention to it and are mindful of it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. And you can see how your mood changes during the day. It's really helpful sometimes yeah. to see what times of the day you're trying to from a eating standpoint, overcome mood or balance mood and things like that. And sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, um, you sleep better when you're not full of 
crap, you know? Yeah. That's the only way I know to explain it is when it's good food, mm-hmm. you sleep better, mm-hmm. you know? Your your body's more satisfied, so. 100% agree. Well, Lee, we so appreciate yeah. you sharing so openly today and kind of. I didn't mean to keep you this long. No, no but I'm thrilled it, to hear about the journey yeah. you've been on and, um, you know, I just hear a little bit of a little bit more lightness in your voice. I don't know if I'm just uh, presuming uh, presuming that or if that's um, really kind of <laughs> where you're feeling, but it, it does sound um, like you are feeling lighter too. And isn't that an interesting manifestation of being lighter? Yeah. Yeah, that's, um. it's really hard. And, and I don't mean this as in my weight, but it's really hard when you feel heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When there's things that weigh you down, not just, not just weight, but well, you other know, life points. It's true. They say that when you begin to clean out, you know, closets that are full and go more minimalist, the lack of weight of stuff around you actually helps you feel better too. So it can happen lots of different ways. Well, let's, um, if, why don't we schedule another one of these about a month from now and just check in. And if you want, maybe James could sit in and if you like, we could do it in person. And what would be fun is yeah. we could, we could all cook together, you know, if you, and that, that would be a blast. Yeah. So, um, okay. and I, I'll, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up because, um, we, we've kept you for an hour and, and James probably needs his wife back. Um, but we we look forward to our next conversation. Okay. I hope I see you all before a month, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. We're going to see each other okay. sooner, sooner than that. But, um, okay. <laughs> but Jill and I usually do this little sign-off thing, so you're going to have to listen to that, unfortunately. So okay. I usually say this is the Live the Path podcast. I'm Faramara Sadaji, MD, and... I'm Jill Hadaji. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. And goodbye, Lee. And thank you so much for everything you, you've shared with us today. No problem. All right. Talk to you later. Right. Love okay. you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.